Hi out there. I'm Pat Polly, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Every week, we interview people from the visual arts or the performing arts and talk about events in the arts coming up soon in our Pacific Northwest area. And today, we're talking with Elna Coragianato, founder of O Elionis Art Retreat, where artists from many nations teach and learn. And Elena has studied at Cornish and Pilchuck, plus Valdeca's School of Fine Arts in Athens, Greece. She creates inspired images in ceramic sculpture and painting, and she has created a beautiful, stylish, and comfortable art retreat on the island of Corfu called Villa Inspirante. Welcome to the show, Elena. Thank you. And also here to talk about her workshop at O Elionis Art Retreat on the island of Corfu coming up April 24th to 27th of 2020 is ceramic sculptor Tip Tolan. Now, Tip Tolan is an award-winning sculptor of hyper-realism ceramic sculptures, and she's an art instructor teaching hands-on sculpting workshops all over the world. And she has a BFA in ceramics from the University of Colorado, an MFA in ceramics from Montana State University, and her sculptures are in collections at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Renwick Gallery of Smithsonian, and many other museums. She has recently been artist-in-residence at Pilchuck School of Glass and has been filmed for a Living Treasure documentary by Northwest Designer Craftsman. She has received many other grants and awards and continues to have solo shows and be a part of group shows, and she continues to teach workshops all over the globe. She's a very productive artist. Welcome to the show, Tip. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. Oh, so happy that you could come in, both you and Elena. Thank you. But before we get started, I want to tell listeners not to miss Seattle Art Museum's show, Flesh and Blood. That is a show of Italian masterpieces from the Capodimonte Museum in Naples, Italy. And this is a museum that was private for a long time, and it only opened to the public in 1957. And it's full of renowned Renaissance art. Artists such as Titian and Raphael, Baroque masters also are there, to re- and they reveal the aspirations and limitations of the human body. And it really is quite interesting. We were just there this last weekend. These paintings show how flesh and blood are wrapped up with our humanity at a time when Western painting began to inf- be infused with emotion. And a lot of these are huge and very emotional. And it's Really, truly amazing that this exhibition has made its way to Seattle and Seattle Art Museum. And so we all need to see it on until January 26th, 2020. And on a sad note, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, which has been in Bellevue for 11 years, will be moving back to Kirkland and will be at 92 Kirkland Avenue beginning November 3rd, showing the artists that Lana. Shalagina until November 19th and continuing with The Art of Dr. Seuss beginning November 22nd, plus annual traveling exhibitions. Of course, this means that there are no longer any art galleries in the city of Bellevue. Oh, 
is Bellevue truly turning into a cultural wasteland? <laughs> I hope not, but signs are not good. <laughs> we'll be back shortly talking about art retreats on Corfu with Elena Karakiantu and Tip Toland. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side-by-side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at pratt.org. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. Elena Korikianatu, founder of a wonderful art retreat, and Kip Tolan, celebrated ceramic sculptor, are here to talk with us. And um, the first thing we want to talk about is how Elena conceived the idea and carried it through to have an art retreat on the island of Corfu, of course, which is off Greece. How'd you do that? That sounds so marvelous. And we all want to go there. Please do. (laughs) It sounds exotic, but for me, it's actually pretty easy because I am from Greece and my ancestors are from the island of Corfu. And um, I've been in um, Seattle in U.S. for about 45 years now. So... um, my dream was that at some point I will be able to do this, and I've been wanting to do this since I'm in my 30s. Uh, being an artist myself, I, I thought, how would I like to spend my, um, the last quarter of my life? And, of course, the first thought that comes in mind is surround myself with like, like-minded people. Oh, sure. Um, and um, I thought what I like to do is share um, the beauty of um, the culture where I came from with other people. I grew up around these monuments and old walls and incredible architecture and unbelievable history. And how do I do so I can get to share this with my American artist friends and artists um, people that they want to learn. Um, And one rainy day in Seattle, I looked at this real estate piece of property in the island of Corfu, and I said, I want it. (laughs) And this was an old olive oil factory? This was an old olive mill that belonged to the Count of Venice. Um, His name was Combizzi. So it's in the little village um, of Combizzi, which is five kilometers from the old town of Corfu. It's very oh. close oh, to yeah. the old town, but yet and it's in its own historic part of the island. And the story says that uh, Count Combizzi um, built his monastery, which is across the street, and his own home down the street from us, and that was his olive mill. The Venetians brought the olive uh, business in the island of Corfu. Uh, The Greeks always had olive 
trees, but they didn't think about um, doing anything with them until um, exporting them or making a business out of it until the Venetians took over the island and they brought in the business part of the olive uh, trees. So anyway, he built this amazing building in uh, 1740. Wow, 1740. 1740, that has about, um, the walls are about um, a meter thick. And it is in an olive grove. Um, and it, it operated as an olive mill until probably early 1900s when a British uh, man... Um, uh, bought it and 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 turned it into a villa in the uh, early 1940s. Mm-hmm. After the war, it has to be mid 1940s. And then several people owned it. Then it was deserted for a long time. When I saw it in the internet, and then I announced to my husband that um, I'm leaving in a few days to go buy this piece of property. No, no. Oh, that must have been a startling thing for you. <laughs> he just said, how are you going to do that? <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to figure it out. And I did. Oh, that's so, great. And how did you... Now, I looked on the internet at what it looks like now, and you have remodeled it yes. so beautifully. How Thank did you, you accomplish that? Uh, what was the name of the show? The Cellar Museum, Flesh and Blood? <laughs> <laughs> With a lot of flesh and blood. <laughs> you worked very hard at it, I take it. <laughs> a lot of people worked uh, uh-huh. on that building. And um, I have a lot of experience with the remodeling and I've done other properties before. So I tried to respect the history and architecture of the place. But I also have to because as a historic building, I had to work with the archaeological society to make sure everything is preserved and and it's function functional because it has to be it has to function as um an arts retreat also not just as a villa so and then your dream is to get okay uh you ha- you remodeled into a lot of uh art studios right and well, and also rooms for people to stay well uh, let me tell you how this is going to work. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> um, it's not going to be other art retreats. Like you go in the internet and you find many art retreats. Uh, for very many selfish reasons I explained before, I want to surround myself with like-minded people. And their work has to <laughs> represent my beliefs of in art. Also. Okay, so these have to be artists that you really admire, I really admire. that are going to exactly. be teaching exactly. at exactly. Villa Inspirante. Exactly. Am I saying that right? Yes. <laughs> you do. Oh, okay. Do. And I think you're off to a flying start with Tip Tolan. Exactly right. I mean, and you, you're going to have you a lot of people it. agreeing with you on that. You said it. And I know Tip for a long time, and I love her not only as a person, but I just admire her work. Um, a lot. So now there's a particular reason why you want to have this art retreat that Tip's going to be at. Yes. Uh, at at this at the date in April that it is. Why exactly. Don't you talk exactly. a little because bit about that's that. That's the Greek Easter in Corfu. 
and it's um, very well known around the world of Europe as one of the most fascinating celebrations and pagan uh, celebrations. Oh, pagan, really? Yes, because, you know, this is a Greek Orthodox country, and 90% of the country doesn't know that their customs are pagan, even though they come from (laughs) pagan traditions. So um, they create these huge ceramic pots uh, specifically for Easter, that they fill up with water and they go to the central square, which is a beautiful, beautiful um, old square. And um, they have four or five uh, uh, floor uh, buildings. So they go to the very last, uh, the top um, floor, and they throw down in the square these pots called uh, botides full of water. And it kind of explodes. Explodes. It? <laughs> it totally explodes. And and the the um the people say nobody has ever been injured. I mean, if you see pictures of how close people <laughs> stand uh, under the fall, you would think that they would, but they they don't get injured. And and what's the uh, what's the reason for this tradition? I mean, what are they what are they trying to say? Well, they say this is the resurrection. Oh, okay. This is the sound of the resurrection. This is the um, um, away with the old, um, new beginnings, and sort of the rites of spring. Really. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what. Now, if you ask the people in the square, do you know why you do this? Half of them probably aren't going to know. But if you, <laughs> if you read, it's an old Venetian custom, and the Venetians learn it from ancients, you know, their ancestors. And it keeps going because the island was invented by the Venetians for 400 years. So a lot of the customs, the food, the characteristics of celebrations uh-huh. are mostly Venetian and Greek because Corfu was never in, invaded by the Ottomans. So the rest of Greece mm-hmm. has one foot east and the other foot west. Oh, interesting. But not, but not Corfu. Corfu and the Ionian <laughs> Sea Islands because they were never invaded by the Ottomans. Oh, interesting. All yeah. this history plays in, exactly. in uh, to all of this. Exactly. So um, whatever I do in this retreat, it has to have a meaning. It has to have a connection to the Greek history and um, and talking way, about Greek history, yeah. you want everybody who is going to be in the retreat yes. to go to Athens first for exactly. a few days. Exactly. And why is that so important? Well, because that's the first introduction to the Greek history. I mean, I can't imagine anybody wants to come to Greece without seeing the Acropolis first. But you said some people just see the Acropolis from the front and take a selfie and go. Well, a lot of people you don't come want to, to take do- selfies <laughs> in front of the Acropolis, but these are not the people we want to attract. Right. We we have an archaeologist who works with telling the history of what people see through mythology, and amazing, amazing woman, very spiritual, not religious, very spiritual in, in, in uh, many respects that will take people through the Acropolis and the Acropolis Museum, which is just probably one of the most amazing museums I have been 
ever been, and I have been to many museums. So in the Acropolis is where you really see the ancient Greek history and art. And I can't imagine any artist would want to come there and not to want to see this. So that comes museum. first before that comes first. the workshop, yes. and yes. you get kind of... Uh, uh, into the culture exactly, of Greece. Exactly. But it's already time for a break. We've been here talking about uh, ceramic sculpture retreats and, of course, visiting Greece and Corfu and being at Villa Inspirante on the island of Corfu. And we'll be back shortly with more on Artbeat Northwest. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Right now, check out Emerge Evolve 2018. Rising talents in kiln glass, showcasing an international array of artists whose cutting-edge work in kiln glass offers new perspectives on the medium. This competition at Bullseye Glass in Portland attracted over 280 entries from 29 countries, of which a group of 40 finalists were accepted. The exhibition at Bellevue Arts Museum features work by 10 award winners from the 2018 competition alongside new works from four previous Emerge artists, illustrating the evolution of their practice. The exhibition will be at BAM until July 12, 2020. Get tickets and learn more at BellevueArts.org. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Art Meet Northwest. Elena Korakianitu, founder of a wonderful art retreat on Corfu, and Kip Tolan, celebrated ceramic sculptor, are here talking with us. And let's talk about, uh, first of all, you talked a bit about the kind of instructors that you want to have at your retreat. Now, but you and Kip have been, or Tip have been friends for a long time. Well, we know each other since the 80s. Oh, really? Um, yes, because I used to be the director of Foster White Gallery, and oh, she really? was one of the artists represented at the beginning of her career at the time. We're very young and immature, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we kept our relationship throughout the years. So I've always admired her, as I said, personally and as an artist. And, of course... That is the kind of people that you want exactly. to attract as instructors. Exactly. Now, what is TIP looking for as far as students are concerned? Well, I'd like to have students that would really want to see the work, see the art in, in Greece, in Athens, and then be inspired um, so they might have had some experience in their past building the figure. So it's a figurative sculpture workshop. So they would have, but I I guess I want them to see into the potential psychology that is there in myth, mythological, in, in those figures that are based in mythology and Greek history, and then bring that to the workshop and then go from there into a contemporary understanding and uh, make their own work out of that. So uh, is there, so you have a total uh, clay workshop there at your? Uh, yes, I have a um, 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 studio, ceramic studio. Oh, 
that I've created for that. And then how many students would that accommodate? Well, I will accommodate quite a few students, but I prefer that we don't have a lot. I think our limit will be 8 to 10 because of the kind of workshop it is. We like to call it small quality and a relaxing environment. I, I'm trying to take the pressure off the instructor, uh, instructor and the details that it takes to, um, the difficulties that it takes to put a workshop like this together to a small amount of students, but make it more quality this way and quality. easier on everybody. And more spiritual. And, exactly, exactly. And probably a little calmer if you have exactly. uh, just a few students. And what are your goals as far as your students are concerned? I know you're going to work uh, one-third. No? One-half. Oh, one-half. Scale. Scale. Yeah. yeah. Um, the whole figure half scale. And uh, I, I guess my goal is that they uh, kind of consider the, the title of the workshop is the female, the duality of the female. Ah. So kind of the, the dark and the light and then how to portray that. A lot will be just up to each individual artist as to how they'll represent the dark and the light. So there'll be a little bit of an ambiguity in the pose that the fee, that the model will take so that you can kind of Im- put in your own kind of lean it one way or the other and sort of have it come away with a bit of a psychological representation. So you'll have live models at this workshop? Uh, model, not a lot. Oh, One. okay. A live model. A live model. And how long will they be working on their sculpture? I think seven days. Seven days, yes. It probably takes a long time for you to create. Now, you've created so many sculptures. Um, How do you manage to uh, be so productive and do such? You have to see Tip's work. It is (laughs) incredible. It portrays emotion as well as sculpture, in the most definitive way. Uh, it, it is truly amazing, and it must take you uh, hours to complete all of these. I mean, it's more, mind-boggling more to hours. me. <laughs> Weeks and months. Years. <laughs> years. And uh, explain some of what your sculptures have looked like to people who have not seen your work. Because uh, they're very distinctive. How do you describe them? Um, well, uh, I guess emotional. They're, I want the people to have a real, I want to confront the viewer, really, I do. I want them to have an emotional response so that they're not, so that they're engaged. So sometimes I blow the scale up so the figures are larger than life, so they'll have to really reckon with them. Um, an emotional presence of the sculpture, and uh, and and hopefully come away with an empath, sort of an empathic feeling for what the figure in the sculpture is doing. So these are a little bit autobiographical. Uh, so you know, and but then not always. Sometimes they're a little bit more social, politically motivated. Um, a, a number of different things can inspire the work. 
um, I was very interested in your in your works uh, about uh, the uh, Africans that have the uh, albinism. Albinism. Yeah. Uh, why don't you talk about that group? It's kind of interesting. Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> I was on the. But it's and, emotional. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is good. I'm glad because it's the subject. I came upon it just just by accident. I was on the internet and I was looking up um, animals with albinism because they just looked so interesting to me without minus pigment and melanin in the skin. And then I couldn't help but notice a lot of Africans that also had albinism, in particular in Tanzania. And then as soon as you get onto this website, you can't help but read the stories of how people with albinism are hunted for their limbs because they're thought of as powerful in, in which doctors, you know, take the limbs of people with albinism and uh, either burn them to get the bones so that the dust from the bones can be put into a kind of a mixture and a, a good luck charm and then sold for so that miners can throw this uh, herbs and dust onto their in uh, mines where they or the fishermen can throw it in their nets. They're thought of as good luck. Anyway, it's, it means that the people with albinism are hunted. Oh, and, no. Yeah, and that they're not safe. And it's, well, it's a horrifying thing. So hopefully your, your sculptures will make the rest of the world aware of this and perhaps help to change that culture. That is a hope. Yes. I do hope. I, yeah. I think we will. And I am so excited that you both came in, and we want to make sure that everybody has the information to go to Tip's wonderful workshop at Villa Inspirante in the, on the island of Corfu. Uh, could you give us your website? Yes, of course. It's at www.com. O dash Eleonas, and I'm going to spell that. It's O dash E L E O N A S dot com. Great. And Tip, what's your website so people can see this wonderful sculpture? Thanks. It's www.tiptoland.com. Great. And we're so happy that both of you could come in and share your information all about this wonderful art and this wonderful retreat that uh, you're going to get some great students, I'm Thank sure, you. going Thank to. You. And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. and the following Monday at 8.30 a.m. for Artbeat Northwest for news about the Northwest and views of the local art scene. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off on Alterna Talk 1150. Have a great creative week.